Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. How many are ready for a great anointing today? Take your neighbor's hands across the building, lift them up, say this out loud. Father, I am ready today on Pentecost, on Shavuot, for a new anointing in my life, in my family, in my body, in my job, in my finances, and in my future. Devil, look out. I'm getting refilled with the Holy Spirit today. The power of God is on me and in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Turn to three people, give them a high five. You may be seated. Thank you, choir, so much. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Today is, as you open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1, you know, I heard a long, long, long time ago when I first got saved, if the enemy's coming after you, hit him with an axe. (laughs) So let's hit him with the axe today. Today is what we call Pentecost. Pentecost means, as most of you know, but maybe some of you don't, Pentecost is the number what? 50. I'm going to say it out loud. It's the number 50. So from the time of Passover, from the time of the resurrection of Jesus, we go 50 days, Pentecost, to the day of Pentecost. Now, I know most of you know this, but, you know, when we're filming our television program, uh, Melina, one of our producers, always say, Pastor Larry, say it like we've never heard it before, because we need to hear it more than once. And many people haven't heard it. We're on right now with our partners all over the world. And uh, Tiz says all the time that when she was first became a Christian, she always thought that this day we celebrate called Pentecost began in the book of Acts when the day of Pentecost had fully come. But think about what that scripture says, and we're going to read it in a minute. When that day had fully come, in other words, it didn't begin then, it had begun way before of understanding the day of Pentecost. In Hebrew, the day of Pentecost is called Shavuot, and the day of Shavuot celebrates when the Israelites came out of bondage of Israel, of Egypt, and 50 days later, God met Moses on Mount Sinai and gave the world the Bible and made a covenant with the Jewish people, you will be my people and I will be your God. Now, the good thing about that is we're grafted into that. But I want you to understand that Moses and the children of Israel, the story of the Exodus, Israel, the Israelites leaving Egypt, going to Mount Sinai, receiving the Ten Commandments and the Torah, that is the beginning of the celebration of Pentecost. 
what we're reading in the book of Acts is the beginning of the church. On Shavuot, Moses and the Israelites, God gave the Bible. On Pentecost, God gave the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible, where he will lead you and guide you and teach you and show you all things to come. Now, that's in a nutshell. Let's read together the book of Acts, chapter 1, where Jesus is speaking. And it says, The former account I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them. Now look at the next words. He thought it would be a good idea. He said, if you are that kind of person, what are the next words that Jesus said? He commanded them. Say command. Command. A command is, I looked up the word command in Hebrew and it means command. (laughs) He commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive dudamos, dynamite. You shall receive power. Say power. Power. You know, every time I read that, what was that song? I got the power. (laughs) But you shall receive power. You shall receive power when you get saved. When you receive Jesus as your Savior. Is that what it says? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, jump over to chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all with one accord, one reason, in one place. That's the temple. We'll explain it. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. They were confused because they heard them speaking in their own language. And, and, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. That still happens today. They were confused because everyone heard them speaking in their own language. Then they were amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are these not, are, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And then he goes on and on and on. The first thing I want you to look at is today is an appointed time with God. Today is one of those in Hebrew called the Moedims. God is God 24-7. Every moment of every day, God is God. But at appointed times, the power of God, the strength of God, the miracles of God are greater on these days than any other time the rest of the year. Let's look at Pentecost, Shavuot, and let's tie that in with the message last week that when God on Pentecost, on Shavuot, opens the windows of heaven, there are two main miracles that God will release on our lives today more than any other time of the year. One is wisdom and one is wealth. On the day of Pentecost, there are two main anointings that God will bring on us, the wisdom of God and the wealth of God. Today is a day in which God will determine the wealth that we will have the whole rest of the year. God's planning raises. God's planning bonuses. God's planning businesses. God's planning increase. God's planning wealth or uh, debt reduction. God plans all that on this appointed time, on this open window of heaven. Now, most of you know this. If you don't know it, you need to study uh, when we teach uh, uh, on the three windows of heaven. But understand that Today, God determines this whole rest of the year. Now, God will add to that and multiply it. But today is the appointed time of the Lord. So let's look at the day of Pentecost. The first thing we want to look at is God commanded for them to wait for the Holy Spirit. Now, you've heard me say this over and over again, but I want to repeat it. These are the last words of Jesus. The last words are going to be something very, very important. The last words of Jesus to those who would leave the church, he com I command you. Now, this is almost out of character for Jesus because Jesus is always seen as our shepherd and our savior and our Messiah. And he's so kind and meek and merciful. But the last thing he says is, boys, look at me. Look at me. I command you, don't you leave until you receive the Holy Spirit. If Jesus is commanding the first church, 
and letting them know the most important thing I can tell you is you need the Holy Spirit. My friend, the last church and the day and age that you and I live in right now, if we have ever since the first church needed the power of God in our lives, in our churches, in our country, we need it right now. Jesus told them, I've got to go. He said, it's better that I leave than if I stay. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Here's Jesus. He's walking around, healing blind eyes, raising the dead, gold coins coming out of fishes' mouths, uh, miracle after miracle, forgiveness and grace and mercy. But he says to the disciples, it's better that I go than if I stay. Can you imagine them going, Lord, are, are, are you kidding me? You, we need you here. He said, but don't worry. He said, I will send another who is like me, and he will be your helper. Now, you know, I don't know, I don't know about you, but when you think of the word helper, um, you know, let's say you have a, a physician, a doctor, and then you have somebody that helps him and uh, sterilizes the equipment or does this or does that. Let's say you have a brilliant lawyer and you have someone who helps him and finds things in, in law books and helps him prepare things. You think of a helper that is not quite equal with the doctor or the lawyer. But in this case, Jesus is not saying, I'm sending you someone who is lesser than me. He is saying, I'm sending someone to you who is me. Listen to the word helper in Hebrew. The word helper, many of you know, is the word azer. And the word helper literally means, I am sending you the strength of God, the power of God. I am sending to you the protection of God, the help of God in every area. I am sending you the rescuer from God. Now, the reason I bring that up is we live in a day and age in which the Holy Spirit is not really talked about much anymore. The Holy Spirit is kind of been put on a back burner. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but years ago, several not too many years ago, but several years ago, we were in Israel and we were going to film. We had a group there and we were going to film at the temple steps where Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. There are still those steps right there where Jesus would have walked up, where Peter stood and said, this is that. And we wanted to film something for television and for the congregation back here on the day of Pentecost. And so we're concerned, you know, should we come real early? Should we uh, come later in the afternoon? Because it's Pentecost. Obviously, it's going to be packed out with tourists. When we got there, there was no one there. There was nobody there. The day of Pentecost on the very steps where Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. No one, no one was there. We had it all to ourselves. 
And I'm thinking that's what's happened in the church world. We are commanded by God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people will teach, well, you get the Holy Spirit the moment you get saved. That's not true. The Bible says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now, no one calls Jesus Lord except the Spirit draws him. And so there's two great teachings in that, and we're going to do a series on the Holy Spirit. But you need to understand, you cannot accept Jesus anytime you want to. I'm going over here to the... Baptist. No, I'm sorry. You cannot accept Jesus just anytime you want to. Nobody calls Jesus Lord except the Spirit puts it in you to receive him. So it's very dangerous to say, well, you know, uh, next year or uh, next week I'll receive Jesus. You don't know that the Spirit will ever draw you again. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Amen. Nobody calls Jesus Lord except the Spirit draws him. So when we get saved, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, has drawn us. But Jesus said, I've got to go. Because as long as I am here, wherever I am, there is the power of God. But I will send another. And the power of God, even though the power of God in me is with you, the power of God will be in you. And wherever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's why the devil fights it so much. The devil isn't afraid of you singing Kumbaya. The devil isn't afraid of you going to church. The devil isn't afraid of you quoting the Bible. But he is very afraid of you being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that we are leaky vessels. That during the week, we're out there, we're fighting the devil for our home, our marriage, our children, our jobs, our finances, our health. The devil's fighting us. But when we come together and we lift up holy hands without wrath and right down, there is a refilling of the Spirit of God. When you're in the presence where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Yes, we can worship God in our car or, or at home or in the shower if we have running water but there's nothing like coming to the filling station and getting refilled with the presence of the holy spirit amen that's why paul said i speak in tongues more than you all paul was from the south i speak in tongues more than you all you need to speak in tongues you don't need to speak in tongues to get saved But you need to speak in tongues. You need to ask God for the Holy Spirit. The Bible said when the Holy Spirit came on them, the fire of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, and they spoke with other tongues. And there's different manifestations of tongues. But the Bible says when we're praying, we pray in the understanding and we pray in the Spirit. When we found out Lion had cancer and Tiz had cancer and they gave Lion, there's no child that had been healed of this kind 
died of cancer before of his age. And when they gave Tiz three months, I could quote by his stripes, we are healed. But there was a point during my prayers that I had to go. And I don't know the answer, but my spirit and almighty God knows the answer. And there's an intercession that's taking place that's beyond this natural. Folks, I'm telling you, you don't have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But why would you not want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Look at the disciples before the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe you're a man and woman of God. But the disciples spent three and a half years with Jesus, right? Remember at the Last Supper, Jesus said, somebody is going to betray me. And Peter jumps up, who is that? I'll, I'll lay hands on him and plead the blood like he's never. Who is that, Lord? Peter said, Lord, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Jesus said, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. Now, we always look at Peter as this fisherman, man. I mean, this guy was a man's man. He, was, he wasn't a, a sissy. He wasn't, he wasn't those guys, I love you, Lord. He was a man's man, yeah, right? right? This little girl comes up to him while they're take, taking Jesus through the whipping post, and he said, you're one of them. He goes, I didn't know him. Uh-huh. He turned from a man's man into a coward. Somebody else comes up, you are one of them. No, no, I don't know him. Jesus is right there. Somebody else says, I know you. If I know, I don't know him. He turned from this man into a coward because the devil is real. The devil's not just threatening to fire Peter because he's a Christian. The devil has already had Jesus arrested. The devil has already had Jesus beaten. The devil is nailing Jesus to a cross to condemn the death. And Peter in the flesh couldn't handle the pressure. I'm thinking about how many people are today ashamed of praying over their meal in public. You know, when I'm flying, I love to sit next to someone, make conversation. You know, they see me sitting there. You know, I, I, I can remember years and years ago, I was coming through customs one time uh, when I was first saved. I had been, been in the Philippines with my pastor, and I'm coming through customs. And, you know, back before I met Christ, um, I lived in Columbia, South America, and I was in the import-export business of all natural substances. And so they ran my passport, and I'd sold to a narcotics agent for a year and a half. Seven federal warrants out for my arrest before I got saved. And I was going through, I'd just been a Christian for maybe a year and a half or so, and I'm going through customs, and they run my, my passport. Next thing you know, man, they got me in a back room, and they're, they're checking places they have no business to check, and they're looking at things. And, and, I, and I looked at them, and I said, I, I know what you're looking for. No, excuse me. I, it had been a little over that because we were pastoring our first church. We were in Santa Fe. And so it had been at least three years. And I, I looked at them, and they're going through all my luggage. They're tearing things apart. They search me, and, and I go, I know what you're looking for. And they go, oh, you do? And I said, I said yeah, uh, I, I'm not in that business anymore. 
And this one custom agent says, well, what business are you in? I said, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and he, go, he looks at me, he goes, sure you are. I said, no, I am. I'm a preacher. You know what he said to me? He said, you don't look like a preacher. And I, I couldn't help it. I go, what does a preacher look like? And he says, sad and miserable. And I thought, my goodness, is that what the world thinks that Christians look like? No, folks, we are more than conquerors. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. So you look at these disciples, Peter, James, John, these, oh man, these, these people we put up on a pedestal and rightfully so they were the leaders of the beginning of the church. But before the Holy Spirit, they'd spent three and a half years with Jesus, heard his teachings, saw the miracles, the, the 12 baskets full remaining, on and on and on, water out of a, out of a rock, uh, or excuse me, uh, a gold coin out of a fish's mouth. And we'd go on and on. And next thing you know, they're hiding. The book of John says they were in the upper room with the door locked. One of the disciples came in and said, let me in. They go, no hablo English. Dave's not here. <laughs> Only old hippies know what that means. <laughs> we'll have to edit that out. <laughs> Look at Acts chapter 4. Do you still have your Bibles open? Here they go from hiding behind closed doors. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 5. It says, and it came to pass on the next day that the rulers and elders and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, as many as were the family of the high priest, were gathered at Jerusalem. And when they set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? A man's been healed. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled, say filled. filled filled, not just around it, not sprinkled, not dotted with it, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and peoples and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed, good deed done to this helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom I might throw in you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Now jump down to verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. You know what shows that we've been with Jesus and we're filled with the Holy Spirit is we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not ashamed that it's man marrying a woman and woman marrying a man. We are not ashamed to 
say, you keep your stinking hands off our children. It is not the school board that determines what our kids' sex is. It is the parents. And when they saw the boldness, we need to be leaders in the kingdom of God filled with the Holy Ghost. And when they saw their boldness, they knew they'd been with Jesus. Somebody shout amen. If they're, and I'm not talking about being rude and I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm talking about being bold. You keep your hands off of our children. That is none of your business. You keep your hands off of our babies. Amen. I feel myself going off. I'm going to. So we see them going from disciples of Jesus. We see them going to hiding. We see Jesus resurrected and he said, go get my disciples and Peter too. Peter's so far gone. He's, he's quit. He's backslid. I'm going fishing. And some said, we're going with you. And he said, go get my disciples and go get Peter. He's not my disciple anymore, but go get him anyway. And then all of a sudden, Peter's standing up in the midst of those who killed Jesus, these corrupt handful of officials. And he said, let it be known to you that Jesus, whom, by the way, you crucified, you know, I, I like Peter. Peter wasn't, Peter, I, I kind of put myself like, I've, I've tried to be like, you know, the reverend and the, 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 the you know, I like Peter. He just, whom you crucified, this man is made whole. What was the difference between hiding in the upper room and standing in front of these guys who threatened to kill them. I'm not talking about, and, and let me just say this to pastors. I'm not talking about threatening to take your tax exemption away. I'm not talking about threatening to fire you because you stand up for Christ. I'm telling you something. We need to be bold. And where that boldness comes is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when the day of Pentecost, Shavuot, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, here is something that most Christians don't understand. Keep your, keep your marker you know what this thing on the on your Bible is? That's the mark. I, when I first got saved, I thought it was to carry my Bible around on. I was walking around. The guy said, no, no, Larry. I knew nothing. Go with me to Acts chapter. That's not in my notes. Acts chapter 23. Acts chapter 2, 1 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Where does that come from? Acts chapter, or Leviticus 23, verse 15. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you have brought the sheath of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths, 
to be completed. Seven Sabbaths, that's seven weeks, 49 days. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. And you shall bring from your habitation two wave loaves of two tenths of an ephah. And they shall be a fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits of the Lord. So here we have the Israelites coming out of Egypt. The day they're delivered from Egypt, they begin the journey. And God says, count for yourselves seven weeks plus one, 50 Jubilee. Now, most of you know this, but let me just say this. Why did not God, why did God not, the moment they came out of Egypt, why didn't God just give them the Torah, give them the Bible? Why did God have them wait 50 days? Without getting into a lot of detail, the Israelites, the children of God, had sunk down 49 levels. In ancient Jewish wisdom, that's as low as a child of God can get. And so they had to count up, not count down, not 10, 9, 8, 7. They had to count up 49 levels. They had to go from a slave mentality to a child of God mentality. Just give you an illustration. Here's where they started in Egypt and they began the journey counting up. It's called making Aliyah. It's called coming up to a new level in, in a, in a synagogue. If someone in the congregation is asked to come and read the word of God, they come to the Bima, they make Aliyah, they come up to read the word of God. When we're bringing, when we're partnering with Israel, our first fruits offering today will be an offering to Israel where we're bringing Jews from uh, Ukraine, especially right now, but also Ethiopia. And when they leave their country and return to Jerusalem, they're making Aliyah, they're coming up. When we take a tour to Israel, we always start down at the Sea of Galilee where Jesus uh, started his ministry. And on Shabbat coming into Friday night, we bring the group up into Jerusalem because we are making Aliyah. It's something uh, amazingly spiritual. But I want you to see, and we talked about this last week. He says, I want you to count for yourselves. In other words, for the last 50 days, and, and not that you had to do this, but for the last 50 days, every evening, I would say a special prayer on that day, making that day count. Now, why is it? Because most people from Passover, from the resurrection of Jesus to Shavuot, Pentecost, it's just 50 days of nothing. But if you make those days count for something, now, are you, are you with me? Now, let me show it. And I'm going to show you this in a minute. The Bible says, beloved, I would above all things that you what? Prosper and as we're going to end with this, but let me leave this question that I'm explaining it. Is your soul, has your soul and your spirit grown today more than it was 50 days ago? Has your soul prospered because your soul prospering 
and I'm going to show you this in a minute. I'm going to make it easy for you. Your soul prospering from 50 days ago to today in just a few minutes, your soul prospering will determine how big that open window of heaven is. Right? So the Bible says, count for yourself. In other words, I've counted every week. And, and, And because... I am a shepherd. I have been counting for you. I have been covering you also in those prayers. Amen. But let me show you something here that tie in with this. In ancient Jewish wisdom, there's no word for what? Coincidence. Coincidence. The Torah portion today in English is called numbers. The book of numbers. In Hebrew, it's called bim, bim, Bimdabar, and it literally means in the wilderness. The reason why we call it numbers is because the name we use in English in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the names that we use are the names that declare what is happening. So Israel is in the wilderness, and God says to Moses, I want you to count the children of God. Give me a count. Now look at me a second, because this is life-changing. Do you think God knows everything? So God knows how many there are, right? So why did God say to Moses, count for me? Because it wasn't for God, it was for the children of Israel. Now watch this. So Moses goes and says, all right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And what God was saying to the children of Israel, you've come out of being a slave where you're nobody. But when you're part of my family, every one of you counts. Every one of you counts. Right now, let me tie that in. Let me show you something here. Before you were born, the moment before you were born, ancient Jewish wisdom says every one of us, every one of us has been given a mission. We're born on this earth to, in Hebrew, it's called tikkun olam, to repair a broken world. We're here to take a world that the enemy has broken. And we're here individually to repair that broken world. So God says, make these days count. Make these days count. Look at yourself and say, is there something in my life that God is wanting me to do? The closer we get to the coming of the Messiah to repair this broken world. Now watch this. In Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, Shavuot, the day God gives the wisdom of the Bible and the day God gives the Holy Spirit that will reveal to us the wisdom of God's word, reveal to us the mysteries of this world. The Bible says that there were Jews from every nation in the world 
that were there in one place and for one reason. That one reason we know, Malachi chapter 3, return unto me and I'll return to you. How do we return? In tithes and in offerings. The offering is Leviticus 16, 16, three times a year we come before the Lord and we don't come empty-handed. Passover, but on Passover they gave a barley offering. They gave an offering as a slave. They gave an offering of trusting the government to meet their needs. But when they made Aliyah, they went from thinking like the world to realizing I am a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I am not just some one of God's little boys. Jesus said, no longer do I call you servant, but now I call you a friend. You are equal to me. When you go from realizing that in this world, there are limits to what the world can give you. But when I come before God as a, as a child of the living God and realize that it is not Washington, D.C. that is Jehovah Jireh, but it is God Almighty that is Jehovah Jireh. Now the window of heaven is open beyond anything we can imagine. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now look at what he says here. Every Jew from every nation was there. Why were they there? They were there because three times a year you come before the Lord and you don't come empty-handed. They were there because they knew by bringing this offering, God released divine wisdom and God released divine wealth, wisdom and wealth. And if you didn't hear the message last week, please get that. The rabbis teach there's nothing wrong with praying for wealth. And, And let me just throw this out because I know there's new people watching because it's Pentecost. Wealth is not a bad thing. Wealth is a good thing. Everyone say amen. God wants to give you more wealth this year than you have this next year than you had last year. Everyone say Amen. See, we're, we, we think that, oh, you know, there's something in the church. You know, how many want to be healed? Oh, amen. How many want your family saved? Oh, amen. How many want your children delivered? Oh, amen. How many want to prosper? Oh, amen. amen. Peter came to Jesus and he said, we don't have money for taxes. Jesus said, go fishing. Can you imagine Peter down there? They didn't have reels in those days. The guy next to him goes, what are you fishing for? He said, gold. Pulls out a gold coin. He said, what are you using for bait? The knowledge that my God is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That's what I'm using for bait. Come on, somebody ought to say amen. The rabbis say there's nothing wrong with praying for wealth, but there is something better than praying for wealth. The, the, the thing that's better than praying, praying for wealth is praying for wisdom. And I, I'm not going to have time to go into it, but when the Bible says with all you're getting, get wisdom, get knowledge, because in wisdom... There is gold and silver and victory and healing and health and all that. On the day of Shavuot, God gave his word, which is the wisdom of almighty God. On the day of Pentecost, God gave the Holy Spirit that will lead us and guide us and teach us and show us things to come. Listen to me. Everything we need 
is in the spirit of God and the word of God. Let me tell you a story real quick, just to emphasize this. We were talking about this in the back. Years ago, I met with an Orthodox rabbi, a good friend of ours. Scotty and I were having lunch with him at a kosher restaurant. And I said, listen, rabbi, I said, I have pastors that say, this was years and years ago when we first, the Jewish roots started really catching on. And I said, I have pastors say, okay, all right, we'll believe the Torahs for us. We'll believe the Old Testament for us, but not what they call the Talmud, which is, which is like um, uh, a commentary of, of thousands of years on the, on the Bible because the commentary was written by men. And it seems like it's always changing. It's always uh, 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 growing and growing. Every, every so many years, another great rabbi comes up with another revelation. I said, what do you tell these guys? And he said, shouldn't we know more of the revelation of God in the last days than we did when it was first written? It's like the, the, the children of God, we start in kindergarten. Listen, if by the time we're ready to graduate from college, we still can't do math, something's wrong. We're to grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of God. That is one of the reasons for the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll teach us. He'll guide us he'll lead us but he'll talk to us about being a parent he'll talk about us about being a, a father a mother a a, a, a a businessman he'll talk to us about inventions he'll talk to us he'll show us things that nobody else knows yet that's the power of the Holy Spirit. When America took off financially back after the Great Depression, almost every major industrial leader was a born-again, spirit-filled Christian because the wisdom of Almighty God has no limit. Somebody say amen. The wisdom of God has no gender. It's for male and female. The wisdom of God has no color. It's for black people, brown people, white people. It has no barriers whatsoever. It is for everyone. And it's for us today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I got nine minutes. Can I throw you a little side note? Remember, remember in, in, in the book of Genesis where God said he, Adam and Eve disobeyed, God put two trees. He said, all these trees are yours, but these are mine. This one tree, this tree is mine. And, and Adam and Eve ate of it. And the Bible says he took Adam and Eve and he put them out of the garden and he placed them out of the garden. Remember in ancient Jewish wisdom, it says, whenever you see somebody, something repeated twice by God, he put them out and he placed them out. Well, what does that mean? He physically put them out of the garden, but he spiritually divorced himself from the anointing in the garden that everything they put their hands to, God caused it to prosper. Every place they put the sole of their feet, that God was blessing them in abundance. It literally says in Hebrew, he divorced himself from the world of being Jehovah Jireh. Ancient Jewish wisdom says the, the, the first fruit offering of Shavuot and Pentecost, when we bring it, we get a divorce from that divorce. Amen. And the Bible says, watch this. I'm just a little side note. I'm not going to teach it. The Bible says, and he placed an angel with a flaming sword 
And I hear pastors teach it all the time. I used to teach it to keep us away from the tree of life. It's not what it says. He said to guard the way to the tree of life. To guard the way to the tree of life. Just a little note. Ancient Jewish wisdom says on Shavuot, God gave, God gave the Torah. And then on, on the end of the Torah are these, can you see it? Okay, if you have got it on camera, you can't see it. On the end of the Torah are wooden spindles that hold up the wisdom of God. And God said those who teach it and those who hold it up. And in Hebrew, these are called the tree of life, the wood of life. That when you lift up God's word in your life and Jesus was the word and became flesh amongst us, he is the living word of God. So awesome. Good stuff, huh? All right, I got to end with this. I got to, that's just a side note. The book of Numbers is when God this week counts each and every one of you. And he says, count for yourself. Count for yourself. We have 10 minutes before we receive the first fruit offering. Here's what I want to ask you. Have you made from the time you got saved through the time of Pentecost, have you made any changes in your life from the time of resurrection, Easter Sunday, Passover, to today, Pentecost Shavuot? Have you made any changes? Now watch this. Each one of you counts. I'm closing with this pretty, pretty soon. <laughs> the Bible says that one day, one of us somewhere in the world will obey God one more time. And when that last obeying of God's good deeds is done, when that one done, we don't know when it is. The scale tips. So here we have here we have the scales. We're weighed in a balance. I, w- I should have bought. I have all over my office, all over my house. I have these scales. You know, what I'm talking about the scales that you put weight in one and you put weight in the other one and it tips it. Well, the weight of evil has outweighed the, the weight of serving God. So every time you and I do something in serving God. It goes, And one day, and we don't know when that is, it may be you. I I personally think it'll be me, but (laughs) one day somebody will do one more thing, one more thing, and the scale will tip, and the father goes, that's it. Go get my children. That's why it's not what just the body of Christ does. It's what each and every one of us do. You never know. It may be it may be some great big thing. It may be just this little thing of going to somebody at work and saying, "Are you okay?" Well, uh, can, can I pray with you? Here comes the Messiah.
we were going to show you. Should we, do, should we show the video? You want to see the video? Okay. All of you know that we've sent about a million dollars. And when I say we, I mean we. I mean, some people have given large amounts, some people have given small amounts, but everyone does done what God's told them to do. And already this year, we've sent a, about a million dollars, I'm not sure where we are right now, uh, to save Jews' lives out of, out of Ukraine. What a lot of you don't know, and I, some of you do, is at the same time, we're giving from our tithes and our offerings, our first fruits bringing Ethiopian Jews, many of these Jews. Matter of fact, you'll see one lady on here, very, very black Jewish lady on there. She is the head of Aliyah for Israel, and she was an Ethiopian refugee at four years old. Her and her mom and several sisters walked for several days to get to the camp, and the camps are horrible. And so while this is all going on in Ukraine, we're also been supporting Aliyah for Ethiopian Jews. We're going to close right after this. Watch this and realize your good deeds and what they're accomplishing. Go ahead and show the video. To our friends of Karen Ayesod all around the world, I'm Sam Grunwerg, world chairman of Karen Ayesod. I'm here at Ben Gurion Airport on the tarmac, and you see behind me a plane that just arrived from Ethiopia just a few minutes ago. And we received a plane full of 180 new immigrants to Israel. This is the very first plane of Operation Rock of Israel 2, pursuant to a decision by the Israeli government to bring another two to 3,000 Ethiopians on Aliyah as new immigrants to Israel to be reunited with their families, some that they haven't seen their family members for a decade. It is so exciting to be here and to represent you, Karen Ayesod, because with your generous help and support, we were able to help make this happen together with the government of Israel, the Ministry of Aliyah, and our strategic partners the Jewish Agency for Israel. So on behalf of all of us, we thank you, and you should join me in being so proud to be a part of bringing these new immigrants home and to reunite them with their families. It's thanks to you. Todaraba. Amen. All right, I have one minute. So, well, who cares? When we bring our first fruits today, the window of heaven opens. Wisdom, wisdom, and wealth. They're synonymous. They go hand in hand. But not only are we bringing an offering to give an offering, we're bringing an offering to save lives. 
to make a difference in these people's lives. You saw that lady that, uh, and I've met her several times. She's a sweet person. She came to Israel or got into the into the camps out of Ethiopia. Uh, one of her sisters died on the journey. I mean, this is this is hard, hard, hard on these people. And we're reaching in and partnering with the nation of Israel to do as much as we can. And now this woman is the head of Aliyah for Israel. Listen to what ancient Jewish wisdom said on your good deeds. Your good deed is to God a seed in the ground. When you plant that seed, it sprouts to a leaf. That sprout turns into a tree. That tree then bears more fruit. More seeds come from all the fruit of those that tree. And eventually, those seeds become an orchard. And an orchard becomes a vast forest. All because someone did a good deed. You know, thinking about Bill Trujillo, who, who led me to the Lord, little, little Hispanic guy. And Bill passed away not after, long after he led me to the Lord. And I think of all the fruit. How many people have we seen saved? How many lives have we seen changed? And that's all because Bill Trujillo said yes, said yes. Now I want to do something that I've never done before, before we receive the offering. And I, I, I'm, I'm one minute over, forgive me. Count for yourselves. We're going to give an offering. We're going to plant a seed, but you personally, I want you to take one more step in growing in God. Not, that had to be a big thing. You know, Katie, we were talking, I was talking about this with Katie and Tiz at home. And I said, here's what God laid in my heart. And Katie said, you know, I've got friends that say, you know, I think I want to start keeping the Sabbath. And then they did research and looking at what it means to keep the Sabbath. And boy, the, 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 the in-depth of keeping the Sabbath is you only walk so many steps. You don't turn on any lights. You know, we, last time Scotty and I were in Jerusalem, we were walking down to the Western Wall on the Sabbath to pray. And this Orthodox guy comes and grabs Scott and says uh, to Scott, are you Jewish? And he says, no, I'm a Christian. He said, great, come in. And he pulls, uh, Scotty's looking at him and I'm going, and he pulls him in to, and he takes him upstairs. And the Orthodox women were all getting ready to pray, and but they had no lights on, and so he had to find a gentle that, gentile that would turn the lights on. Uh, I'm serious. If you if you go to Israel and you're there uh, uh, during Shabbat, the elevators you you can't push the buttons because it says don't don't light a fire, don't turn on a light. I was there one time standing, people talking, and this Japanese couple got on the, air, on, on the elevator, and we're standing there talking outside the elevator. Next thing you know, bing, it opens up their back. They get back on and closes. And they did this three times, and because the, the, the Shabbat elevators, they'll stop one, three, five, seven, nine, or two, four, six, eight. So they were trying to get off on eight, and they were on the odd number, and so they they kept going from from seven to nine. And so finally, I just had a you speak English, and I got just put them on. Okay, you're good. <laughs> but you don't have to go that way. Yeah, you know, I, I'll tell just in the last since we started this, I said God. Is there something more that I could do to 
do my part in tipping the scale. And so I'm, I'm in, unless it's an emergency, uh, I don't have my phone on, on on the Sabbath. But maybe you just start and you say, you know, I want to I take one more step up in obeying what God's word said. So maybe you say, you know what? Every Friday night, I'm going to light the Sabbath candles. You don't have to do the whole meal. You don't have to do kadush. You don't have to do, uh, uh, you know, the bread. You just say every night as a lady, I'm going to light the candles and bring them in. Maybe you're just going to put a mezuzah on your door. Take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house. Maybe you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to tithe. Every first, every three times a year, I'm going to bring an offering. Maybe you're going to stop gossiping. Say, you, Pastor, you've gone too far. <laughs> Maybe you're going to say, and, and you know what? It, 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 you know, we're going to make a mistake. God's not, God's, not into, God's not into us being perfect. He's just into us. You know, it's like a baby walking, right? You, you go, come on. You, and it falls down. You don't go and smack that baby. You, know, you, you say, look how far you made it. Right? Maybe it's maybe you're going to start eating a little kosher. You know, I'm not talking about you have to go get you know everything slaughtered by a rabbi, but maybe you'll you'll go. Uh, I'm I'm not going to eat pork. Now every Mexican just thought I I, I knew I, I know you're a cult leader now. I know. <laughs> or maybe you're not going to eat sh- shellfish. If I showed you what shellfish eat. You would never eat another shrimp. Maybe you just say, you know what? I'm just going to give up bacon. <laughs> and just eat turkey bacon. Just do take. Just go up a little bit. Right? Just, just go up. Just go up a little bit. Maybe you're going to say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to every day say something nice to my wife or my husband before I leave the house. (laughs) One lady went, I'll give up pork. (laughs) I want you to just take a moment and just think about something that you could do. Maybe, uh, maybe you have an idol in your house. Maybe you have uh, uh, a Jesus on the cross. You notice here we don't have any Jesus on the cross because my God got up. Amen. Maybe you've got a Buddha that you bought. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a message this summer on uh, it's time to take out the trash. Maybe you've got a hash pipe in your closet. Are you ever going to need that Buddha? Are you ever going to need that hash pipe? <laughs> Didn't know I knew that, did you? <laughs> just take a moment and say, God, there's, I, I want to I just take one 
baby stuff. Is it a big deal? Is it is it a big deal if I, and I'm not saying you do this, if I turn my phone off on the Sabbath, is it a big deal? Uh, you know, uh, will, will kingdoms fall? <laughs> no, but it's one little mitzvah in the scale. And I want to do, I don't want to, I don't want the Messiah to come and say, you know, I'd have come three days, er, three years earlier, but Larry wouldn't do what I told him to do. <laughs> so I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. I, I'm, forgive me for going long, but I, I've never done this before. And let God speak to you right now. Just one, one little thing, one, one, one little thing. Maybe, maybe you'll get up in the morning and the, instead of turning on the television, you'll say, Modeani. Father, I start this day by praising you. I start this day by praising you. I praise you for what you've done. I praise you that I'm awake today. I'm, I praise you for what you're going to do today. You start off with prayers. Maybe you get up and you go wash your hands and say, Lord, I'm starting afresh. I'm starting. I, I know today you're giving me a new beginning. You're refreshing my soul. You're delivering me. Father, we ask you to speak to us. G- give each one of us that one thing that you want us to do, that one thing that you want us to to be and let we thank you that we are part of preparing the world for the coming of the messiah and all god's people said amen Amen. stand with me all over the building i know i went long and i know but we got baptismal coming up we we we're going to do this now let me share this with you we're going to go ahead and you guys can take this away if you want do we want them to come up you want to come up or you want me to just pass the basket Okay, now remember, when you come up and you bring your offering, and we'll have the baskets here. Now, look at me. When you, in, in Hebrew, in Hebrew, on Shavuot, on Pentecost, this is the day we are married to God. In Hebrew, this, is, this is, would be a chuppah, a, 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 a wedding a wedding canopy. But today, because you're already married to God through Jesus Christ, when you come in and you go out, you are getting a divorce from every attack the enemy makes on your wisdom, on your spirit, and on your finances. Say out loud, today, I'm getting a divorce. Now watch this. Watch this. That that, that so one lady went. Oh, thank you. Now that I don't mean r- real divorce. Spiritually, and then we're going to go baptize you because when you go into the water and you come out, every limitation of this world is off of you. Amen. Who man? I preached a long time, didn't I? I preached a long time. But you get to learn stuff here, right? All right, we're going to come this way. We're going to come up, give the Lord a clap offering. God bless you as you come. Amen.
moment while everybody's coming through and giving their first fruits to say thank you so much to all of our LHM partners, all of our stream family, everyone who's giving right now, who's already given, because lives at this very moment are being saved because of you. And I I wish I could baptize you all. I wish I could shake your hand. I wish I could hug you. But Tiz and I and all of us here at New Beginnings, we love you so much and appreciate what so many of you do every week or every month or every first fruits. And know this, you are tipping the scales. You are making a difference. And we want you to know we never, ever, ever forget to pray for you to send the blessing of God on you. But I believe this year is going to be very special. And so as we pray at the end of this and getting ready to go out to get baptized, know that we're praying for you. We're including as just as if you're here because you are here. You're here with us in spirit and you're here with us indeed. And may God's divine wisdom and wealth come on you and your family. We love you. Thank you guys so much for what you're doing, what you've done, and what you're going to do. God bless.